Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver. Hola, hola, Sarah. Yes, welcome back, Dimity. Are you impressed with the Spanish I picked up in Mexico? <laughs> Let's hola, see something. Let somebody tell Cerveza. Con limon. Agua con gas. Con gas, sin gas. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jack and I totally learned those quick phrases when we went to Spain when we were dating. And it was, I love the sin gas, con gas. I know. I know. I do love that. And I love, I, I kind of like the con gas. I'm not a big con gas drinker, but, you know, I felt like it felt, it felt like the tropical thing to do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. In a, like your mango versus orange juice debate every morning. Oh, that was tough. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That was, you know, it's, it's almost like world peace. But yeah, I mean, we were in a, a little village called called Sayulita, which I've talked about before. And mm -hmm. um, Sarah, just FYI, the time change thing ended three to four years ago, okay. according to our driver. So uh -huh. we were on um, on mountain time the whole time. That's the first time I think I've taken a trip like that and not, not even had to change a time zone. I know it's wonderful when you go south like that or north, I guess. Like yeah, when I go to yeah. Vancouver. but uh -huh. I mean, like, but tropical to means means tropical to me means usually having to switch, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, because I don't yes. live on the coast, but <laughs> right. um but yeah, so uh, so we went to Sayulita, and yeah, I mean, it was just I, you know, I can't tell you how great it was, and I and I don't mean to make other our listeners jealous, but it was just one of those trips where you're just like, wow, this is this is ex I, this is exactly what I I needed, and I think of as uh, the kind of vacation that I love, you oh, know? Awesome. So awesome. yeah, I mean, that photo that you posted now it was yesterday on our website is truly of you and Poppers, your daughter Amelia, being up on the surfboard is one of the greatest mother daughter oh. photos I've ever seen in my life. Oh well, thank you. I mean, I was so happy about that. Um, mm -hmm. So the way that that happened, so we did we did our first surfing lesson on. Um, oh, we got there on Tuesday, and I think we did our first one on Thursday. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I went with my brother-in-law Tom, um, who's about my size, is my height, and then um, and then um, Amelia and Ben went as well. And so they had an instructor, and then Tom and I had an instructor. Mm -hmm. And basically, an instructor, um, if you've never taken a surfing lesson, I mean, they they teach you, you know, you practice getting up, mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, how to get up kind of gracefully. <laughs> <laughs> All six um, foot four of you. Uh -huh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But mostly the instructors just give you a push and tell you, you know, when and where to go, you uh -huh. know? So, I mean, cause a, a lot of it is reading the waves, right. And yes. knowing how to paddle and when to try to stand and all that. And so, yes. so you're basically on a board the size of a barge. I mean, this thing is so forgiving and soft and easy to maneuver. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was nice. So you really, I mean, it kind of felt like I was standing up, you know, just on my kitchen floor. Um, <laughs> but they give you a push and, and they say paddle, paddle, paddle. And then they give you a push and that helps because the waves are so small. I mean, it is just a beautiful beginner surf break Yes, because the waves are pretty small. So, um, so you kind of do need that push, especially if you're a bigger person like mm -hmm. Tom and I were. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so, so Tom, Tom and I were further back in the, on the beach and, and, um, Amelia and Ben were a little bit closer and, so most of the time, if I came close to them, it was mostly like, you know, um, like bumper cars or bumper surfboards <laughs> and we'd hit each other and fall off. But this time uh, we both, you know, she started in front of me, but I, I came up beside her and we were just side by side and Grant happened to be there with my camera on the beach. And um, oh, yeah, it and was the, it was The great. body language is so perfect. You oh. both, ha you know, have the same stance. The arms are both kind of that tentative, like, I think I got this. And then my gosh, your legs, I mean, are just carbon copies of each other. Uh, just, isn't that funny? Well, and the funny thing is, and so that was Thursday. 
Um, and then we did one more lesson on a Tuesday mm -hmm. and, um, and it was, it got more crowded because I think more people were coming down for spring break. And so we all kind of shared the same instructor mm. and, um, and so she was, you know, and all the instructors, this is always the case. Like they're all, you know, a quarter the size of me. I mean, there was this one instructor <laughs> named Ulysses who, um, Ulysses, the kids loved, uh -huh. Ulysses and the kids loved him. And I mean, honestly, I could fit him in my pocket. He was a pocket <laughs> Ulysses. Um, but we had a, a girl named Donna on this last, on our last, on our second lesson, our, our final lesson. And, and Donna was talking about how we've got to bend our knees. And I was mm -hmm. like, I know Amelia, you feel like you're bending your knees, but you're not, trust mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and I'm like, you have to like, almost like, you know, pretend like you're trying to go to the bathroom, you know, on the beach. <laughs> and, um, and I showed her that picture and I'm like, you felt like you were bending your knees there, didn't you? And she's like, yeah. And I'm oh, like, and yeah. look at us. We're both just like completely like almost 90 degrees with our torsos, right? <laughs> right. Leaning over. Yeah. About to like, you know, face plant it onto the front of your board. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so it was, it was just fun. And yeah. And so then I didn't even, you know, I didn't have my computer down there, so I didn't have a chance to look at them. So mm. all the whole way home, I was just like, I just want to download those pictures. I just want to download those pictures. <laughs> so, um, oh so that part was good. And then the rest of it was just, oh, it was just, you know, know just it's just a different time you know it's you realize how complicated and busy we can make our lives mm -hmm. when you're quote unquote living regular life you know so yes. you know especially because it was pretty warm and humid so there was always like a siesta time or, or you know quiet <laughs> time we called it we played a lot of phase 10 you guys play phase 10 no you, know you, you mentioned that on the blog post i didn't know what that is yeah it's by the makers of uno it's it's huh? kind of a it's a very long game. So it's like, <laughs> you can't really get uh, it, you know, it takes a good 90 minutes to play, but um, you basically have to like get up to phase 10. There's 10 phases. And so like the first one is collect two, two groups of three, like, so the cards are one through 10 and then there's mm. wild. So two groups of three, the next one is a run of four and a set of three. Oh. The next one is a run of eight. And so it's, it's just, you know, it's a little bit more complicated than, you know, um, but it's, it's kind of like the next phase. Um, ha. so yeah. that was fun. And just, um, you know, I read, I read the girl on the train. People... Oh, I just read, I just finished that too. Oh. Yeah. Did you, did we, you like it? Hey, um, we will hey, hold on. We should talk about for the audible ad. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Let's do that. Um, I read that and I read this amazing, amazing book called capital and I can't remember. Oh yeah. John, um, yes. Lesson begins that? with an L. Oh, I loved it. Loved oh, capital. My... We recommended it in our, um, when Ellison was on the podcast. Oh, I didn't and read she, that. Um, I, I, and I see, remember. I checked it out of the library and tried and started it and or ran out of time or something. And they asked her back after, you know, if someone else has a hold on. Yeah. So then after Ellison recommended it on our summer reading podcast, I guess that was last summer, maybe the summer before. Yeah. And I took it out. And I was just entranced by it. I mean, I think about that a book a lot. Oh. It is, it is amazing. It yeah. is amazing. I mean, the characters and the way that that John, John, whatever his name is, writes, mm -hmm. it's capitals uh, with an A. So it's C-A-P-I-T-A-L if you want to Like the out. hotel where we'll be next week. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then the other one that I bought, um, and I actually bought because I heard it on um, Fresh Air and then I read... I can't remember, but I read about it in Vogue. I think mm. Ben was getting his hair cut at a place that is, say, wait, doesn't ben deserve buys to Vogue. have a Vogue magazine. <laughs> it was like Floyd's Barbershop or something. Um, but uh, it was called A Little Life, and it's supposed mm. to be like kind of the novel of the spring, and it's by Hanya. She's got this cool name. It's H-A-N-Y-A, Hanya Yanagirma, or I can't, I don't remember her last name. Mm. She's a an editor at Kanye Nast Traveler. Oh. And, um 
I have to say, I, I couldn't get through it. It was, mm. um, it's 700, it's about the same Ooh. length as Capital. It's like 700 wow. pages. Mm -hmm. um, but after reading Capital, I just had this, you know, I just wanted characters and stories mm. that really appealed to me. And uh, uh, A Little Life is about um, four, four guys who are um, friends in college and it kind of follows them through their adulthood in New York City and they're super successful. Mm. There's one that has... Um, Oh my gosh, a Jude is the main character and he has this past that I mean I like dark stories, I like real stories, but this was even too dark for me. Mm. And um it was just I mean, I don't know. I so that was that was a little I bit have, of a bummer. I have found that dark novels in uh tropical settings don't mix. Yeah. I have tried to read um Oh god! Oh, the, I tried to read the Prince. I read the Prince of Tides one time when I went to Hawaii with my first husband, and I mean, you know, like a dysfunctional family and yeah. a tiger as a pet, and I'm like, no, 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 no! I just want to eat papaya and be out in the sun. <laughs> and then, and then I read Donna Tartt's first novel, um, a, the Secret History or a Secret History, and I, I mean, it's so literally dark that I can just, I just, I was in the Caribbean. I was in, um. Uh, maybe Puerto Rico with my first husband. We we traveled because we didn't have That's kids. That's all you did. We had back. a little money and no kids. And yeah. I, I don't remember what that was like, either one of those scenarios. And um, so, and it just, I mean, it can pervade your brain so that it, it sort of like does not compute what is sunshine doing in this dark place. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And so, yeah, I mean, this book got under my skin and mm. I, I kind of started it towards the end. I read mm. it on the airplane home mm. and then I've been reading it ever since. And I mean, I'm just going and, and I'm like, it has got to end. And, and Grant, <laughs> Grant read it um, while we were there. Uh -huh. And I just said last night I was lying in bed and I probably have a hundred pages. I mean, I've been skimming it because like I said, these, I mean, he it was, he was severely, severely abused in uh. a lot of ways. Like uh -huh. just, it's just, it is unbelievable that oh. the mind goes this way mm -hmm. the author's mind and um anyway so i was like 100 pages left i'm like i can't even read this anymore can you just tell me what happens like <laughs> does he stay with willem who is his one of his college friends that he ends up um becoming a partner with and yes you know and um anyway i so i i'm done i'm done with that book but <laughs> um but anyway that we totally diverted but mexico was great and uh yeah, and I got to run there. Um, oh, I, run I was the going to ask. I ran on some cobblestone streets. I oh. ran where there was so many little dogs. Oh, my gosh. Love the dogs. Uh, <laughs> some random horses, you know, not tied up to anything and burros, you know, just wandering mm -hmm. around and chickens. And Look at you using, I mean, that's Spanish to say burro. So burro, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was the other word I learned. Perro. <laughs> nice. Yeah, little dog. Uh -huh. Perito uh -huh. is little dog. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, and you know, it was uh, the only, there, there were two major, not hiccups, but um, the bugs, the no see mm -hmm. at night mm -hmm. came out, and um, originally we'd been sleeping, I mean, we had this great house that opened up to the ocean, you know, oh. I mean, it's like, why would you not open up these, you know, huge doors and have, wake up to the sun rising on the ocean? Mm -hmm. Well, you, the reason why you wouldn't is because <laughs> these little bugs come in and bite the living hell out of you. Oh my goodness. Uh, um, Amelia's face. Honestly, oh. it she looked like she had severe chicken pox by like oh, day three. Oh, I mean, sweetie. I, oh, I, I didn't want to take I know I didn't want to take pictures of her because I mean, honestly, I was like, oh my gosh, let's hope you don't have a case like of acne <laughs> like this like in a couple of years. <laughs> it was severe. They got they got Amelia. They liked Amelia's face. They loved my arms. My arms oh. are still recovering. Um, 
they're just scabby gross messes um we have um family friends here in town who went to panama on their spring break and when i um dropped phoebe off for a play date the mother was like just kind of absentmindedly itching her arm she's like i'm sorry but there were no seams in panama and i just it's crazy how much they itch Oh, they're crazy. And, and then and then my mom and, and stepdad didn't even think they were getting them. And oh, no. they came home and they, you know, um, John, my dad had slept on his stomach all night and he, they were all over his back. Oh. And, you know, I mean, you know, it's not it, it's a third world problem. But I mean, like, you know, <laughs> that's the biggest problem and that's it. And we had a, a little issue with um, a little bit of theft, but it's not even worth going into. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, um, I, I do have to say, um, I'm, I'm pleased that you think you were not bothered by mosquitoes, because um, this is such a nerd thing to say. But you know, if you go to the Red Cross to donate blood, and you tell them you've been to Mexico, recently, they get a very shocked look, alarmed look on their face. And they're like, well, where? And, uh-huh. and I'm like, oh, you know, Cabo San Lucas. And they're like, oh, okay, because if you've been to most of Me- other places in Mexico, we can't let you donate for 18 to 24 months because of malaria. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, and they spe- I, I don't recall they specifically mentioned that part of Mexico as having... Well, it's the same side as Cabo, so I don't think so. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um, so anyway, but well, um, well, I'm glad you had such a fantastic time and, and enjoyed your time with your family too. Yeah. Most of the time we did. Yeah. We had a two-year-old who was one of the happiest kids going. So, you know, he's, it's always good to have a toddler. One, one toddler to choose the situation. (laughs) You got five, it's too many, but you know, when we traveled and we had four between me and my sister, that was a little much too, but one is like perfect, you know, especially with eight adults around. Right. Right. Nice. So we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, and then when we come back, we'll be joined by our guest. Well, so welcome to the show. Due to a little technical hiccup, it's now just me with our guest, but I hope that's okay with everybody. So joined here for the first time ever with a guest in our studio, which is otherwise known as my guest bedroom and the (laughs) merchandise room of Another Mother Runner. So I am joined by Felicia Hubber. Who, hello, hello. Hi, who is the Hood to Coast Race Series Director. You are the daughter of Robert Foote, founder of Hood to Coast, so it's a family affair. And you are the mother of a toddler. So welcome, Felicia. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. <laughs> welcome to my basement. <laughs> hey, I like I was mentioning to you earlier, I can definitely relate to this because uh, back in the day when I was a kid, uh, my mom and dad had the boxes stacked you know I don't know 10 12 feet high in our basement that was supposed to be the playroom and game room that was the inadvertent merchandise area oh yeah yeah year after year of looking at boxes so (laughs) I know I know how it goes yours looks much better oh good well thanks to my husband he put Ikea shelves in there because I used to just leave all our merch on our guest bed so then you know couldn't have any guests but then finally he realized before I did that it was going to get a little out of control so Ikea shelves to the rescue so but yes but (laughs) but usually we keep the um had you waiting in the in the um, playroom slash TV room slash Wii U room? Uh, so uh, yes, yeah, so we try to keep the merch out of there. But um, I just <laughs> love that you can totally relate. And now oh, I, yeah. I think of my kids when they're you know moms. And, oh, they'll have their stories <laughs> later like, on in life. <laughs> oh, my mom and her T-shirts and uh. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> oh my goodness. So Felicia, tell us about your running background. Uh, so my running background probably started at a very, very young age. I would say just being around my mom and dad, I was surrounded by a culture of running because my dad was a marathon and ultra marathoner. So Mm. 
Uh, my mom would carry me in a little, you know, backpack carrier and uh, take me to all of his races all throughout the West Coast. So, you know, we'd be going to Hawaii or Vancouver, BC, down mm. to California. Um, and I would see my dad, you know, in these long distance races and uh, be out there with him. During the first Hood to Coast, I was just three months old and oh I was goodness. in a little carrier on my mom's back and she was helping sell merchandise. So I've been at, I believe, all of the Hood to Coast races except for three. Oh my gosh. So, well, we have to ask, why weren't you at those three? Um, going through sorority rush in college. Oh, your priorities. Priorities. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think that was two of the years. And then another year, I think it was in college too. It was when I was just first starting uh, and I had to go down to Arizona State for my first oh, okay. um, kind of initiation. Sure, so, sure. Okay. So that was uh, kind of my uh, getting into Hood to Coast and my within my running career, uh, you know, I'd go out and I'd see my dad running, in, like I said, in these races. And then I'd see him go out on his, you know, daily training runs, which would be, you know, for training for a marathon, they'd be sometimes 30 mile runs. But uh, he'd go out, you know, walk through the, the front door, having come back from a run. And it just, I guess, apparently to me, looked like so much fun. So I started begging him apparently at a really young age, around I think two or three, to oh just my goodness. go take me, please, daddy, go take me on a run. So he, at least, you know, having some common sense about it was like, you know, I'm only going to take you around the block. We'll go run, run around the block together. And we lived in Northwest Portland. So he'd go, you know, run around me, run around the block with me. And we'd do that and did that for several years. And then I kind of slowly, slowly, slowly um, started running on a consistent basis around age nine. And then from age nine onwards, I've been just running ever since. So I typically run anywhere from about three to nine miles, mm. five times uh, a week. So I've kept that consistency up since like I said, about age nine. So I figured out my tally is oh my goodness. Yeah, somewhere around 28,000 miles. Oh my goodness. Um, Because I, I typically run about, you know, between 20 and 25 miles a week. So yeah, it's, it's kind of cool because I, I figured that out. It's around the world plus some, which is kind of fun. <laughs> but I, I never did anything when I actually reached that milestone, you know, of, of going around the world. So maybe when I reach my two times around the world, right, then I'll right. have to like do a little party or something. Fun. Right. Oh my goodness. So, uh, I ran competitively in high school. I did not in college, but just have always enjoyed, um, getting out in nature and enjoying the be beautiful scenic city that we live in of Portland. Mm -hmm. And it's such an awesome place to run. I, I feel really, really lucky to have the opportunity to live here and run here. Exactly. And yeah. it's just, it's awesome. So that's just kind of how it's, it's evolved for me. I, I used to be very consistent and kind of, um, OCD about logging all of my times mm -hmm. and, um, race paces and, you know, mileage, all of that kind of thing. And then since having a child uh, several years ago, I've kind of thrown that all by the wayside. <laughs> and it's just like, just get out there and run. And I just enjoy my time out there. And sure. I, I couldn't tell you what any of my times are or any of my race times are. People ask me, oh, what's your best 10K? I have no idea. <laughs> so, you know, I, I probably should be better about it. But 
So you don't do you wear a GPS or do you keep? A, I do uh, wear GPS. Yeah, I and I love it. I mean, it's awesome to be able to know my mileage when I'm out there. Mm-hmm. But I don't like keep it. I just delete it right at the end of oh, every okay. run. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like I guess just out of sight, out of mind. But, oh my gosh! And and how many times have you run Hood to Coast? Uh, I've run in Hood to Coast six different times. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. and uh, they've ranged from. Uh, when I was age 13, that was my, oh my first goodness. one wow. in 1995. And then my last experience was in 2008. And that was uh, my first and last time running and working the race. So that was just <laughs> That must have been crazy. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was very tiring. <laughs> what job did you do then when you were running it? I mean, what was your role? Um, when I was actually running yeah, in, in, in the Yeah, in 2008, yeah. I was just running with a team of friends. Um, but, and... but were you race director at the time? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, okay. I was. All right, wow. So I, I had my uh, race event radio with me. Oh, my God. Um, and I'm trying to you know work with our course coordinators and our staff as I'm also trying to help our van driver navigate <laughs> and you know making wrong, wrong turns and everything along the course. So I'm like, I, I can understand how it is for like the novice person as well as you know people who have been in the event many times. It's... Um, it was just kind of fun to see the experience for people who have never run in Hood to Coast before, you know, because I take that for granted, obviously. Mm-hmm. So. But you, your teammates must have totally thought like, oh, we are so set. We got oh, totally. Felicia in the van. We're, totally. gonna, we're never going to take a wrong turn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we, we got lost around uh, Scapoose area. Oh, St. of course. Hood, yeah, so. sure. Yeah. Oh, awesome. my goodness. That's always the, <laughs> the, the, if you choose to sleep over in Portland after your first, if your van one, sleep over or van two. And then it's like, oh, yeah, it won't take that long to get out there exactly. uh, oh my goodness this road is so long <laughs> <laughs> will we ever get there yep you get it uh, oh my goodness <laughs> so well we of course love hood to coast in part because it's deemed the mother of all relays exactly, exactly. so um so has you know we and we love that that race has a mother runner as its race director thank you so you know how did you evolve into that position um I'd like to think that that was also something where it just evolved over the course of my childhood, seeing the race so much. Uh, you know, being a family business, we initially it was just my mom and my dad. Mm. So it was. And you're an only child, are you? Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. Uh, so I would help out um, helping run the merchandise area or help train volunteers uh, during volunteer training, um, help stuff packets at packet pickup. Uh, let's see. Gosh, what? Oh, I was the intern throughout high school during the summer. Nice. Um, you had an in for that job, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God. So a lot of just kind of random jobs, you know, that I did from a young age through high school and college. Um, just helping out my parents wherever they needed my help. You know, I, I've even been out there, you know, directing turns. Oh my you know, goodness. Like a, uh-huh. a volunteer. If they needed me. I'd go out there. So, um. And, you know, I'd I'd see my dad because he uh, used to work in the early days out of his home office. And I'd kind of see the things that he was working on with with, uh, the race and as it became larger. So uh, I went to college and graduated with honors in uh, a degree with marketing and management. And I was runner up in our university wide business plan competition. Oh, wow. And just continued my passion for running throughout that whole time. Um, Like I said, I didn't run competitively but just you know ran on my own and just had a passion and a love always for running and I I feel really fortunate that my dad and mom just kind of 
I don't know how they did it, but they just were able to instill in me a natural love of running without making it feel arduous, you know? Well, so Well, that's the thing. Listening to you talk, I can't help but think, like, you're either, like, the golden child who never, <laughs> you know, rebelled and was like, oh, I don't want to run. I don't want to go into the family <laughs> business. I don't want to be an intern. And so yeah. it sounds like you just were like, sure, put me where I'm needed. I'm, I'm good, coach, go. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm, I'm sure my parents could testify to me being uh, less than less than optimal or not the golden child at times for sure but you know I actually initially started out as a microbiology major oh. in college and then changed about halfway through to marketing and management uh-huh. uh, once I realized that the physics and chemistry were not <laughs> up my alley so that was that was a good turn of events for me <laughs> I still love microbiology but yeah that's more of a hobby oh now. sure everybody yes. has a hobby yeah, right right, right. <laughs> so um so I started working with my dad in 2006 and became the race director. And it was wonderful to have him uh, still working with an office because because I basically job shadowed him for a couple years. Oh, nice. And he was just a treasure trove, obviously, of knowledge for me and giving me the organizational know-how to implement and put on you know a race of this magnitude. Sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very fortunate. Um, you know, this is the 34th year of Hood to Coast, or this will be the 34th year of Hood to Coast. And he founded it back in 1982. So, you know, he had seen a lot of the changes and how things evolve on a year-to-year basis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you guys just have, you know, template, you know, bang it out each year. It's the same thing. <laughs> but it's really, it's really not. You know, it's, um, we go through and do a really, really fine tooth basically like a SWOT analysis and work on the areas that we see needing improvement, Um, you know, change areas of the course, change the exchanges. Um, We're constantly evolving different aspects of the volunteer training experience. Um, So there's a lot of, you know, just kind of random weird things that people don't necessarily think about but you know they they do make a difference to us maybe we notice the difference more than the participants but we feel good at least we're we're always trying and we're listening uh to what people have to say and trying to make those improvements each year because you know once you start being stagnant and not listening to people I think that's when things go downhill so sure Sure. And not in a good way, like when you're, when you're exactly. running. Exactly. Not like going down that hood. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, um, so you talked about the race of this magnitude. I realized that we yeah. should, for people who are kind of foggy about what Hood to Coast is or mm-hmm. have never heard of a relay race, could you kind of, you know, scale back and tell us what the sure. race is? Sure. So, you know, I would say I've, I've heard a lot of people say that Hood to Coast is a bucket list item. It's, it's a life experience that you just have to try at some point. So, and I completely agree with that statement. Um, it, Hood to Coast is a long distance running relay event, which typically is comprised of 12 runners on a team, uh, each runner running what we call legs. So that might be a distance that they're going to run anywhere, anywhere between three and seven miles. And they have to run that three different times in rotation in consecutive order with their other teammates. So uh, it the event starts up at Mount Hood at the Glaciated Peak right next to Timberline Lodge. Mm-hmm. And 
and runs down uh, Mount Hood through some really beautiful areas of uh, farmlands down into uh, the downtown of Portland. I was going to say, we should probably say this is in Oregon. Exactly. (laughs) Yes, in Oregon. Um, So we run through downtown Portland uh, along the river uh, waterfront area through... uh, timber country through you know beautiful beautiful forests uh then down and we basically then just descend down into seaside and finish with a giant beach party and it finishes on the sand right next to the pacific ocean so uh we have gosh it's 1600 total teams oh my goodness that has really grown well that's hood to coast the walk and high school challenge all included yeah uh, and yeah, it's just a fantastic, awesome party. I mean, we have at the finish, once all those teams finish by Saturday night, it, it, the whole relay experience is, is about 36 hours total, uh, for some of the slower teams, the fast teams run in about 17 hours. Um, so it really ranges. <laughs> and it covers 196. It, yeah. This year it's 198, but it really varies. Yeah. Okay. Anywhere from 195 to 200. So we have, um, an awesome beach party with, a Widmer beer and wine garden, a food garden, a big stage with music throughout the day on Saturday. Uh, we have private team suites, mm. uh, massage therapists on site, and all kinds of like sponsor freebies and goodies that mm-hmm. people just basically hang out all day Saturday, enjoy the party. Right, because people are coming in. It's it's since there's a rolling start, then people are coming in all throughout the day. Exactly, so it's a, a party that kind of turns over and over and over. Exactly, and we have, you know, teams that vary anywhere from super elite, you know, like five minute per mile, crazy folks who are just well, you can amazing. Hear coming up on you in the dark. It's like, Purr! exactly. <laughs> yeah, like these little gone. gazelles. Yeah, right, right. yeah. So we have like those, those type of runners, as well as, you know, church teams, family reunion type people, um, teams of, you know, friends from university. Um, gosh, you know, just corporate teams. Mm-hmm. There's just every type of weekend jogger to elite athlete that participates within the race, which makes it, you know, a really cool diversity. Mm -hmm. It's also different than a lot of um, some other relays that are around the country because the roads are so, they're kind of narrow, they're small, they Mm -hmm. are so beautiful. I mean, the scenery is so gorgeous. You're going up over the, the mountain pass and so, but it, that you're really cut off. I mean, you, you oh, lose yeah. cell service for part of it. Exactly. <laughs> no matter how many carriers there people have on their phones in your van, you know, and then there's no, you know, I've done other relays where you can, you know, turn right off the race course and two miles away, there's a Chipotle. Yeah. And there it's like, <laughs> no, there's the house at the big exchange where they cook bacon. Exactly. Um, you know, and yeah. then, you know, it's a real community. Right. You know, there's fundraiser. the churches that, you know, have, uh, you know, pancake breakfast that you can pay a certain amount or, yes. you know, go take a shower at the high school and that sort of thing so um yeah so do you feel though that the course it do you feel it restricts the experience somewhat or enhance Mm -hmm. like i i like well you know i like to think glass half full that it's an opportunity for us to really showcase some of these communities that Mm -hmm. really otherwise you know don't get the exposure that they do otherwise and for some of these smaller communities this is the obviously epic event of the year for them and sometimes their biggest fundraiser that helps run the rural fire department for the Mm. entire year Mm. um so you know we really are able to make an impact which is fantastic and some of the exchanges where we uh, have operations 
they might be, you know, a piece of property that's owned by a family out in the rural coastal area of, of Seaside. And one gal in particular that I'm thinking of, she put both of her sons through college with the money that she was able oh to make from the food, <laughs> just the food fundraiser that she has oh done over goodness. the years. Oh my goodness, that's so fantastic. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, um, you know, we, we try and help make an impact. We make donations to uh, the city of Seaside. Each year we help refurbish uh, a city park there oh, nice. uh, through the parks department. Um, so we try and give back in different ways, um, as well as obviously the fundraising that we help support for the Providence Cancer Center. Nice, so, nice. Yeah. So, and for people who are listening who um, have been lucky enough to get in through the lottery for mm-hmm. this year's Hood to Coast, what advice do you give people who maybe are coming in from out of state, who maybe haven't done a relay before? I mean, what are kind of the top yeah. three or four tips you'd give them? Yeah, I would say, uh, well, if you would like have to run in Hood to Coast, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> if you would like to run in Hood to Coast like me, but will actually be able to run in Hood to Coast, um, I would say a few key elements would definitely be to pack plenty of extra warm clothes because up at Mount Hood, even though you're running in August, it is it can be really cold in the mm-hmm. early morning hours. So make sure you pack a lot of warm clothes as well as like you probably remember your experiences running in Hood to Coast at nighttime, mm-hmm. you know, freezing cold. So you might be out there, you know, in a sleeping field. Make sure you bring probably a sleeping bag, some mm-hmm. extra coats, things like that. Um, also, like you mentioned, we're in kind of a cell phone dead zone for a portion of the relay. So from exchanges 19 through about exchange 31, it's, you know, spotty at best cell phone mm-hmm. coverage. So I'd recommend that people bring a walkie talkie for each van. And that way, when you get to some of the bigger exchanges, you'll be able to find your other van, find your other runner who maybe just finished, you know, their leg much easier. Mm-hmm. Um Bring some snacks that you know and have tested that work for you. Uh, That's a a big item for me, as well as um, going into the race, kind of keeping a consistent base. If you can run 20 miles a week going into it, you're going to feel so much better and be able to walk on the beach and enjoy the beach party. Um, otherwise, you can always tell the folks that are like stiff peg leg walking around, you know, on the beach who didn't necessarily train very well. So, you know, if you have a husband, a partner or a baby jogger, use that ahead of time and train if you can, you know, at least 20 miles a week. Um, yeah. That's really Because some of the legs are so challenging. I mean, like I said, oh, yeah. you go up over a mountain range and then you think maybe you're, oh, sweet, I'm runner one or two. I get all this yeah. big downhill. Oh, no, no, no. You're the one who has the thrashed <laughs> quads. Oh, yeah. I've been there. I was uh, leg one runner several oh, different goodness. years and I lost my big toe. So oh. I was just... Uh-huh. from Yeah, my big toenail. Sorry. <laughs> Yes. So, you know, I, I looked down at the end of running that first leg and it was just like, oh crap. Yeah. I'm losing this toenail for sure. So make sure you have your, your toenails trimmed very well. (laughs) Um, yeah, kind of random side note, but it does help. 
Yes, so. yes, because um, but you know, some of those cl- some of the legs are the in that second van uh, legs in mm-hmm. particular. There's a lot of climbing. Oh yeah. There's um, you know, wearing the bandana if it's been a dry summer. Exactly. Because yeah, there's a lot the of dust. dust being kicked up by the vans. Totally. Going by you. Uh-huh. Have you done any of those legs, the gravel ones? So I have not. I have been very selective okay. in that. So, <laughs> so so I'm a, a little pleased that I've done it more. T- I've run it more times than you. I've run yeah, it nine you have. times. And um, so no, I I remember though it was funny before um. So so I originally got to do it twice on media teams with Dimity. Oh, cool, cool. And that was back when Dimity and I didn't know each other super well. Mm-hmm. And um, so we were on um, brought out as journalists to run it and write mm-hmm. about it and that sort of thing. And so just didn't really know. And I think I was like runner four or five or mm-hmm. something. So in van one. And then I was on, oh, I worked for a company here in Portland for a little while, and I was on the corporate team. And I remember feeling so badly for the first runner. This was before I was a mom. And I was like, oh, that poor person has to like wake up from a dead sleep in the, in the field and then immediately run. Well, then once I had my first baby, I was like, I'm, I'm the first runner out. I'm the first runner out. Because I like, you know, you, you, once yeah. you have a kid, you like get up and you're ready to go. There's exactly. none of this like dilly dallying, being tired, you know, thing. Exactly. So uh, since then, since 2002, every time I've run, I think I've been runner seven because nice. um, I typically, mm-hmm. I don't know, I I don't, I don't know. I don't sort of remember why, but I always uh, preferred van. Well, because I could never run van like one mm-hmm. because I'm far, far too big for that. I mean, you have to be small yeah, like tall. you are. Yeah. So you're very nice. Thank you for making the difference between big and tall. Uh, <laughs> and um, So yeah, the, I was not well suited to be runner one. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll be runner seven. Mm-hmm. And so those are the legs, as you know, that are before the gravel. Exactly. But you, but you have to, you know, watch your teammates yeah. um, go up those. So yeah. um, I, I empathized. Yeah. No. <laughs> So, um, so the documentary, the Hood Coast documentary, yeah. how did that change things for you all? Uh, so the docu- documentary came out in January of 2011, and it was really cool to see um, how the documentary filmmakers did a really good job of showing the non-runner what Hood Coast is about and kind of what the uh, inspirations and ambitions can be in running Hood to Coast and how fulfilling it can be, you know, to actually take part in this event. So, you know, it's it shows a really nice diversity of people who, you know, might be serious runners as well as people who are total non-runners that actually take part in the race. And, um, you know, it's it's inspirational. It's funny. Uh, you know, the when, the first time I saw it, I cried. I mean, it's oh, just yeah. a wonderful, oh, it's very moving. yeah, mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful movie. Um, but yeah, once it was released, we saw a huge influx of entries the very oh, yeah. next, um, you know, what we call opening day of registration, mm-hmm. which is in October. So, and since then, we see the same thing. Every year, we have to accept about half of the entries oh, that wow. we get on opening day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like this last year, so we accept 1,600 total team registrations amongst Hood to Coast, The Walk, and High School Challenge. And I bet we received easily over double that. Wow. So, and we do uh, a special system for um, teams by state and by country. So oh. it's allotted basically um, based on uh, population density as well. So, you know, there's a, a smaller group that will accept of teams from, let's say, Montana versus Texas. Oh, I see. Oh, so yeah. it's sort of like Congress. Yeah, 
Yeah, in, in a way. I never thought of it like that. Yes. You can use that analogy. It's very diplomatic. Yes, yes. I got you. So you would accept more people from New York State because it's a more populous exactly. state than, say, Wyoming. Exactly. Yes. Oh, that's and intriguing. Then, and then it's also based on, obviously, uh, having to have 3,600 volunteers for the race. Mm-hmm. So we have to have an allotment uh, of teams that are based within the 100-mile radius oh. of the Portland area, since that's considered um, what we require for providing three volunteers. Okay, so now I'm seeing ways to kind of work the system a little bit. So that, like, <laughs> let's say I am doing it with a bunch of college friends. You know, mm-hmm. then they would have me, because I live here in Portland, be the one, be team captain. Because yep. then I will be in that pool that has a higher chance. But let's say it's all mm-hmm. a bunch of East Coasters. Have the team captain be from New York State instead of, say, New Hampshire or Maine. You might be I might be onto something. Way. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. Might they be. want to <laughs> sweet this. I'm going right in Arkle. How did you have the system? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's intriguing. Wow. So much goes into that. I mean, yeah. trust me. Tell me that you have a uh, computer that, like, does the algorithms. Or do you all just have to be like, hey, it's, Alicia, it's, we, we need a couple <laughs> more Portland teams and we need one more for Hawaii. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a complex spreadsheet. Okay. I, I basically put it that way. That's, um, but, but they are still, I mean, we still receive, you know, these giant boxes of mail, you know, because it's still <laughs> um, by team captains that send it in in these, you know, envelopes. So, uh-huh. I mean, they still do everything online as far as submittals, but we do receive the physical envelope with their oh, registration and check which is crazy yeah, yeah, yeah right. still uh, some sort of paper system in, involved <laughs> it's because you run through there is the parts where there's been heavy logging that's going on so you're just <laughs> you're just trying to keep that it's all a cycle to keep those people yeah, in business you yeah know? <laughs> i know it's crazy but you know someday hopefully it'll be totally paperless i would love to do um a like the virtual race bags someday where mm. uh, you know everything is a paperless packet pickup because yes. um, I'm I'm trying to always or I should say we are always trying to look for ways to make our event more sustainable more green create less of an impact on our beautiful community sure exactly so. and being in Oregon that fits right exactly. in with it yes yeah. yes yes so so People, given that race day is still four months away, they might think it's a little odd to have you on the podcast mm-hmm. now, but the, the timing is actually perfect because it is another mother runner week for another race that you are the director of, which is the yeah. Hippie Chick Half and Quarter Marathon, yes. which is the day before Mother's Day, um, one of my favorite races in the Pacific Northwest. Um, so tell the gals about that race. Um, I feel really fortunate to be involved with Hippie Chick because just like you, it's one of my absolute favorite races to participate in. So being able to take part, run in the event, and help organize it, I just feel very, very fortunate. It uh, starts at Hillsborough Ballpark, and like you mentioned, it's this May 9th, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's an all-women's event. So we start and end at the Hillsborough Ballpark, and it's a fat, flast course that traverses some nice, beautiful farmlands around in the Hillsborough area. People are now going to think Oregon is like all farmlands. I know, exactly. <laughs> we, do have, we do have a couple skyscrapers here. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just have to have to look around. Um, and like, like you mentioned, there's a quarter and a half marathon distance to pick from. 
Um, and we have at the finish line a, a modern hippie chick um, costume contest. Oh. We have mimosas, um, your very own finisher necklace, mm-hmm. uh, medals, and all kinds of goodies and you know food things to, to pick from once you finish and to mm-hmm. enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that you guys will be there as yes. well, right? Yes, we have been there. Um, so it's just me. Dim, Dim doesn't mm-hmm. come out for it, but I have um, a couple mother runners who are going to help me at the expo. And I am thinking it's maybe my fourth or fifth year because it used to be in Shampooey State Park, which is um, mm-hmm. not farmland. It's um, woods. Yeah. Um, and um, and so then uh, now it's a little bit closer to Portland. So I mm-hmm. was I sold when it was down even in Shampooey. So very cool. I'm, I'm going way back. <laughs> um, so awesome. um, yeah. So and you all, uh, this is your second year of running it that that Hood Coast exactly. bought it, and, and exactly. uh, love that you are the race director of that. Yes. So um, so just want to promo what the deal is. That I'm just so excited about. This, so that if people register for the hippie chick um, half or quarter this week um, through Monday, I hope maybe through the end of Monday because mm-hmm. the podcast comes out on Saturday, they will get um, a free copy of our new book, Tales from Another Mother Runner. And then the registrants will pick up the copy at the Another Mother Runner booth at the expo and that I'll be there to sign it. And um, your husband, Jude, has told me there will mm-hmm. be Adirondack chairs like set up around Very the booth cool. so we can yep. have like a mother runner meetup and yeah. maybe we'll smuggle some mimosas down onto nice. the field. I know, I think there was no alcohol out on the field <laughs> last time. So it kind of get people away. So. Yeah, no, mimosas this year. We're totally <laughs> right. going for it. Right, good, good. So yeah, so, um, you know, if people are enticed by it, you know, I think they um, need to sign up before that next monday so they can get mm-hmm. a free copy of the book so um so you alluded to it but that that we just love women all women's races and yeah. another mother runner i mean um talk to me about what you think is so special about a race where there's just women mm-hmm. well you know for for me myself we have a two-year-old son and since becoming a mother you know it's just really important to me to empower and respect and show women in such a a positive light. And I feel like, you know, mothers, grandmothers, aunts, sisters, everybody should be honored. And when you're around, you know, the electric, energetic, positive vibes of all these women who are there supporting one another, it's just so fun. You know, you just, you feel the energy and it's empowering to be around those women. And I love participating with them and just experiencing something together that we push through together and root each other on as we're out there on the race course. Um, you know, it's competitive if you want it to be, but it certainly doesn't have to be. It's 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 more being out there united as an awesome group of people that we obviously are. <laughs> so, and, you know, having, having participated in the race and then having my husband involved and our awesome staff within the Hood to Coast event, Um, you know, we always really try and listen and we care about what people think and try and improve upon things each year. So, uh, knowing what you know about hood to coast and hopefully the awesome experiences that you've had with that, it's our same staff that are putting on hippie chick and the other race series events. So I hope that you expect, you know, a big splash and you will definitely see that with the hippie chick race. And know that we are always caring, listening, and we want you to have the best experience possible. So um, that's just part of our innate core values within our Hood to Coast staff team is um, basically having a, a family 
family type feel and family type experience that we carry over from our office to our events. And we try and make that feel an intimate, um, wonderful experience for everybody. And I can definitely testify that. So Jude and I know each other, your husband and I know each other mm-hmm. through um, Hippie Chick last year. And, you know, I heard from some friends who ran the race that, um, you know, they, there were a couple things from uh, some changes that have mm-hmm. been made that they weren't pleased with. And I mean, Jude just took the most elaborate notes. We yes. had lunch. Isn't He's that taking notes, taking notes. I yeah. mean, such a darling man. And yeah. so then, you know, the next time we had lunch, he, when, you know, we chit chat for a while. And then when we started talking business, he like put his hands on the table. And he's like, Sarah, I just <laughs> want you to know that I made, we made every single change that you yes. suggested. And was yes. like, Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's true. It's, yeah. it's no BS. Yeah, we, really, so, we really do. And, you know, and I talked to a lot of mother runners and so got, you know, I, I, you know, kind of presented Jude like it was my suggestions, but it was, yeah, it was really it. from the tribe. So yeah, that's great. Um, so, that's you fantastic. Know, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was really a, a really mark of quality yeah. that well, good, I thought. Good. Yes. So um, I'm so, glad you guys saw that. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. We're just really thrilled to have, you know, be a part and have the, another mother runner week going on and just delighted. So, yeah. um, so we will. Fantastic. Both, and yeah, thanks for both see people on may 9th exactly so i'll be out there running and hopefully i'll i'll see you so good i'll, I'll be sitting back with the mimosa and add around i chair with you <laughs> right, right excellent excellent thanks for joining me felicia yeah thank you sarah So thanks again to Felicia Hubber of the Hood to Coast Race and Hippie Chick. And remember, if you're here in the Pacific Northwest and you've been thinking about signing up, do so by April 13th because you'll get a free copy of Tales from Another Mother Runner and I'll sign it for you at the expo. So, and if you're on social media, look for us on Facebook. We'd love it if you'd like our page, Run Like a Mother, the book. Our websites are anothermotherrunner.com and motherrunnerstore.com. On Twitter and Instagram, we are at The Mother Runner. Our three books, Run Like a Mother, Train Like a Mother, and Tales from Another Mother Runner, are available online as well as in stores. And whether you're running on a relay or running solo, many happy miles to you. <laughs>